0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Three Off the Bench. We have a special guest here. Uh, Declan Tuig is joining us. I'm Matt Custodio. Uh, unfortunately, the other two cannot join us at this moment, but they'll be back before you know it. So Declan, thank you for joining us. Um, you uh, obviously have a rich history, and a lot of knowledge about the English premiership and soccer, football, and much more than I do um so what's your kind of background what's your knowledge of it? well i'll tell you first of all i appreciate you inviting me mm-hmm.
1: um i mean i grew up in dublin ireland uh born in 59 so I, I remember watching english first division at the time it was obviously for years um that was you know that's that was our, our life mean playing school by ball uh watching english football um, I, I actually, even though I was only seven years of age, I remembered the, the 1966 World Cup that England won in England. Obviously the only World Cup in England won, but we were all, we were all ecstatic. In fact, my father was at the cup final in Wembley that year. So our family were mad, mad football supporters. I ended up supporting Leeds United, who were a great team, one of the better team in Europe through the end of the sixties and the seventies. And they went into a slump. And uh, I think the year's leads weren't in the Premiership. I kind of um, evolved into a, sort of a Liverpool supporter. There's so many things I like about Liverpool. Um, but, uh, Matt, I just, so over, obviously, watching the game and loving the game for years, it's amazing how it has evolved. I mean, the amount of money now that's in the English game Uh, We've never seen the likes of it. It used to be, as I grew up, it used to be that all the big money was in Italy. Mm You know, the Juventus is a world and the lands, and and obviously Spain, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Now it seems like the big money owners are involved with City, Chelsea, and United. Mm -hmm. To a lesser extent, Liverpool. Mm -hmm. My fear with this, quite honestly, is that... um, you know, where, where the English football was so great over the years because any given week, a weaker team with less finances mm-hmm. could, could really could really make games interesting week in, week out I, I just think the amount of top four or five, the amount of money they're paying for players bringing in, I'm afraid the gap will widen too much where it, the
0: integrity of the game and the history
1: of the game will be, will be
0: hurt. It's true. Do you look at kind of some of the city games or the Liverpool games recently? Um, when those teams lose, all of a sudden you're like, what went wrong? You expect them to win by two, three goals here and there. And it's uh, it's a different sport than even when it started being shown in America five, six years ago. Yeah. There was all, Leicester just won the title. It was a much bigger game. Yeah. And a much closer first to 20th than you see yeah, now. Exactly. I mean, the... the the year Leicester won it, Leicester City
1: coming from nowhere. No one really knew the talent they had and it was unbelievable management. And now all of those very good players on that Leicester team all went to bigger money, a lot of them except for Vardy, who's who unbelievable. I mean, that's. Vardy, to me, is, is typifies English, English football. He started non-league, came up, and he just... Yeah, I'm sure they got many offers from him, but the way he stuck with Leicester City is fantastic. But I'm not sure we're going to see that sort of surprise again. Um, I mean, years ago, you could have a good West Ham team taking on Manchester United and, and pushing them to the limit, um, even though... There was a gap financially, but it wasn't as big a gap mm. as it is today. So that's the one thing I want to worry about. I would really like to see them thinking about putting a cap on the amount of money each season that a club can spend to bring new talent in. Mm. I really would love to see that um, just to bring a more equal playing field. And it's still the most competitive league in the world, there's no doubt about it. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at France and the PSG, whatever, that's it. You look at Germany, and at the end of the day, it's Bayern Munich, and maybe one or two others, Max. Mm-hmm. You look at Italy over the years, it was like Juventus AC Milan, Max. You know, the, the premiership has changed hands. You had the cities, you had the Uniteds, you had the Arsenals. You had the Leeds, you had Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, it changes hands more, which makes it exciting.
0: And I think the best part, we can kind of turn into, you talked about your support of Liverpool, and we were just talking before we started recording, Liverpool's strategy wasn't just to throw a bunch of money at the problems, it was, let's sell some players, and then take that money and turn it into Salah and Van Dijk, and... I think that's what made them so exciting to it. Obviously they hadn't won in a long time. But even the generic supporter was happy because they they almost won the right way. Yeah. Say what you will about John Henry as an owner, but yeah. the team and the way they did, they won the right yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think of um it's not long ago where
1: Liverpool were struggling mm-hmm. to even hit the top four uh club, the manager's done a fantastic job. And as it turned out the best probably that happened in transfer-wise was, was selling Cucino to Barcelona at the time for over 100 million or whatever. And even though when I saw him leaving, he, he was a tremendous one of the best midfielders of his day. But then they went and you know they got the likes of Van Dyke, Allison Fabino, who's a great underrated midfielder, one of the best, I think, in the world, holding midfielder. And then the Manny's hand. but what. The manager particularly did was he he just didn't spend for the sake of spending. He seemed to be very, very shrewd in bringing in where he needed it. And then he showed his great management qualities to put this whole team together. So they're so cohesive. And then they get Andy Rob- Robinson from, you know, a sc- Scottish lad for a song. And then they bring in bring up Trent Arnold from, you know, which is one of the best right-backs, definitely attacking right-backs in mm-hmm. the world right now. So they have a beautiful mixture of the few they bought, but they're really doing a great job bringing these younger players. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the future. And, uh, you know, some the Uniteds of the world at times, they apparently they have a great academy and so do City, but it just seems when they're looking to strengthen, they go out and buy, mm-hmm. whereas Liverpool... Uh, less likely to do that I do think they're going to be forced into buying one or two top class players over next year or two to stay at that level but um, there is a difference there, there's a different culture a culture is very strong at Liverpool mm-hmm. very consistent um, and uh, mean the support is second to
0: none. Sure, and I, you look at it obviously you're a much bigger Liverpool fan than I am, but I know the names of Alexander-Arnold, I know Curtis Jones Harvey Elliott these youth products they've created, outside of Phil Foden at City, I don't know any others they have, or United, I don't really know any they have, and it speaks to what they can do and
1: the culture they create. Exactly, when you you think of the great United teams under Alex Ferguson, I mean, if, if you ever looked at his record, the amount of times he won the Premiership or became second in Europe, I mean, his record is unbelievable. But in those days, they had Beckham, they had Scholes, they had a whole slew coming from their academy, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That class in 92, right? Yeah. You don't see them breaking in from that to United that quickly. Apparently, Chelsea have something like 20 kids Mm -hmm. out on loan right now. I mean, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. and A lot of these kids are playing great for other teams, but when you think of what they brought in, big money in the last few years and so they're the people that are starting right and it's harder for a good good academy player to get a look in there mm-hmm. um so this young talent talent will end up on other
0: teams which which is great but um it's different different approach so as we wrap up our liverpool talk i want to look forward tomorrow's obviously a massive game in the big picture. It, it's not really a title decider, <laughs> yeah. but when you play City versus Liverpool, it's at Anfield. It's still a big game that we were talking earlier. Liverpool probably needs to win, yeah. at least mentally, yes. if not for... Yeah, I, I do. I
1: think psychology-wise, psychology, psychology wise, I think Liverpool need to win. They're at home. The cop is there. The supporters are there. Um, I think City, although they wouldn't admit it, I think City would be... Happy enough with a tie tomorrow. Uh, I think Liverpool have to win at home to really uh, send a statement and for people to say, yeah, they're 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 you know they're going to be there at the end with the others. Both are playing very well. City, even though they lost during the week, PSG. Apparently, I didn't see it, but apparently they actually played very well. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were great against Chelsea last week in Chelsea, which is a tough place. Uh, definitely going into that game, Chelsea would have been favored. In fact, Chelsea were probably favored start of the season to win the Premiership. But uh City apparently were far, far, far superior. Um, the one thing that I do think might hurt City uh, uh, as as season goes on is not where again they don't have that bona fide central striker, world class striker. They try a few in there. They have everything else and more. But that may catch up to them, not converting enough goals to the opportunities they create. Mm. Uh, I think Chelsea might end up a bit more effective in front of the goal. Actually, Liverpool might too. And even United, although I think you're going to see United win these teams that are hot one week cold. I'm not sure they'll be consistent enough week in and week out to win the title.
0: So that turns perfectly into my final question. Um, on our show, i Picked Chelsea. I think they're the favorites to win. Yeah. Um, Cam, who's on here, he's a big Chelsea supporter. He picked Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, who do you think? Do you think Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea? If you, if I give you a hundred bucks, where who are you betting to win?
1: Win the Premiership. I mean, I would love to say Liverpool because I love to, say, but I, uh, I actually think Manchester City may win it again. Okay. I really do, uh, but they're going to have to some way. They have a great coach. Pep is a great coach. He may overcome this little lack up front, centre-forward. He may be good enough to overcome that over the course of the season. Uh, they would be, be my, my favourites. I would have said Chelsea, mm-hmm. certainly. He could very well win it, but in a little bit of a slump right now. I think they're he's struggling a little with how to use the centre-forward there. Um, what's his name? Uh, Jesus. Jesus. No, uh, sorry, Chelsea.
0: Oh, Chelsea for Lukaku, and yeah, yeah,
1: Lukaku, very great individual. Therefore, I'm not sure they've figured out yet how to maximize his mm-hmm. ability and potential. He started off strong, but he's gone off the boil quickly for the last few games, so it's kind of interesting. Um, so it should be it should be an exciting title race. It really should. Um, but you'd love to see teams like you know West Ham, Leicester. Mm-hmm. Brentford looked like a very exciting team coming up. That's just great. Mm-hmm. My old team Leeds, big win today. Mm-hmm. They got some talent. They they could now push a few of these in certain
0: games, especially in Ellen Road, mm-hmm. which would be exciting. You know, and it's exciting. We got the the Leeds FA Cup final mm-hmm. picture right behind us. Nineteen seventy
1: two, folks. That's when Leeds beat Arsenal in the FA Cup final. In those days the FA Cup was a huge day. Huge day. We would watch the T V from nine o'clock in the morning, the whole build up and everything. And that was the Alan Clark, Sniffer Clark they called him, scored a brilliant header uh to beat Arsenal that they arsenal were very good in those days too. Um, of course, they had some
0: great teams since. But uh, I mean, they, they, there's a reason they have the most FA Cup titles, you know, just hanging around there. Exactly. Um, well, it's it's interesting yeah. to th- say that because just off the top of my head, the FA Cup maybe not so much now, but yeah. at the time it was almost like the Super Bowl yeah. in there. It, the t- league title was one thing, yeah. but if you won the FA Cup, it oh was... my God, it, it was it was.
1: Um, and, and what was great about the FA was many FA Cups were teams who didn't do well in the league or were in the second division mm-hmm. get to the FA Cup final. And a team who uh, was Sunderland beat Leeds. Big, huge upset one year. Sunderland came from nowhere. But it, it was a huge day. It was like a Super Bowl mm-hmm. Sunday. It was obviously a Saturday, but the build up was
0: unbelievable. Well, my first FA Cup I ever watched on TV was, it might have been 10, 11 years ago. Wigan had just been relegated from the Premier League. Right. They go out and beat City 1 0. I was like, that's right. What is, yeah. I didn't
1: know What's what was going on. but... It's, it was just tremendous stuff. That's what the game was about. Hopefully, it'll continue to be, mm-hmm. but that's really what it was about, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, But it's, it's, a, it's a great game. Um, the English League Premiership is just, just awesome, mm-hmm. and uh, I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, I think what you do is great, great stuff. Uh, we keep it out there, you know. It's important. We keep on top of it, mm. keep talking about it,
0: and keep supporting it. So, thank you very much for joining us as well. Uh, if we get with the revs and hopefully get an MLS Cup yeah. left, you know, I'm absolutely. going to a game. Well, hopefully, hey, you want to come too. Absolutely, More absolutely. Than happy. Revolution.
1: Great to see a local team playing very, very well. Um, you know, I, I support them big time when they I think they went to what three or four yeah. finals in a row yeah. and they had great players and they went into bit of a you know, they went down, but now they're back up. Exciting team to watch too. It's, it's good stuff, you know? So yeah, come on the revs.
0: Absolutely. Um, and before we wrap up the last thing and we talked about it before is talking about the finances in Spain, we're seeing it a lot affect the teams more. We'll talk about Barcelona we talked about how they couldn't sign Messi again, whether there is yeah. extra things or what. They just lost again today to athletic Yeah. And Suarez, who they had let go, comes back and yeah, buys Exactly. Them. Do you think Barcelona can quickly turn this around or is the money Well this this is probably my, my whole
1: concern is a financial thing. I mean, who would have thought six months ago to a year ago when the greatest Greatest clubs in the world, Barcelona would get into this mess, right? Where they couldn't hold on to the greatest, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest player that ever set foot on a soccer field, Messi. And I don't think there's even a question about that. But um, this is it, folks. It's it's obviously they didn't have it. Um, you know, the 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 cities, the Chelseas, obviously have ownership that have a lot of money behind them. So on paper, they obviously look pretty good, right? Even United. Obviously, Barcelona, I don't know the exact details, uh, specifics, but sad to see. And and they may not be the last, I would say, you know, the way things are going. Um, so that concerns me. That really concerns me. Um, and I hope the power can put a little cap on things. Uh, you know, make, make make these coaches, you know, you just, and it doesn't always work. It doesn't always work just buying players. I think we're seeing it a bit with United now. They've spent a lot of money over the last few months, and, you know, he, that, that coach is under a lot of pressure to make these guys. Gel so they can be a successful team, game in, game out, week in, week out. I think you look at a city and Liverpool now. You you see you see just a total team effort, even though they've
0: great individual players.
1: Hmm. United
0: aren't there consistently yet, as far as I'm concerned. For sure, yeah. And we we even talk about the Coutinho signing, $120, $130, 40 million whatever. He needs to come in and produce, and he didn't do that. He was out on loan twice, and he didn't produce there, and yeah. it's. It's one of those things that's a big investment when yeah. it doesn't pay off. Now we have yeah, you know, and then you, you would the last person you would have thought would have struggled was him going mm-hmm.
1: to Miami. Mean, he looked like he's a Brazilian sort of player. He looked like all the skills would fit in fantastic mm-hmm. into Barcelona, and he never ever got off the ground. Mm-hmm. A lot of money, a lot of baggage to carry. Uh, he went to Bayern
0: Munich. He did okay, but just it happens, yeah. Well, Declan, I can't thank you enough for joining us. I hope you had fun. I did. Um, I did. Thank you. It's, it's nice to finally be able to have these conversations. Yeah. And for you listeners out there, thank you for listening. Go ahead and uh, rate us, subscribe, do all those things, tell all your friends. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. When you folks at home, enjoy, and we will see you next time. Excellent.